Welcome to the Notes by Your Music Artist Impact Podcast, helping you gain confidence, grow your talent, and advance your impact. Here's your host, Paul Gibbs. Thank you, Bob. Welcome to the podcast, my friends. Good to be together with you again. I'm Paul, and I uh, hope everything is well wherever and whenever you are listening. Yeah, for you guys. Well, we talked recently about changes, challenges, uh, obstacles, brick walls, stuff like that to get in our way of, uh, of our musical careers. You know, it, it, it happens. And, you know, some of these things are things that we maybe not, not even realize that are going on. And sometimes they are things that we realize are going on. We, we just really don't want to change it. Okay. Well, anyway, let's keep going. All right. Um, and for the previous podcast on these, this topic and any other topics, please do check out uh, our uh, podcast online uh, at your favorite podcast site, where is where you may be listening right now. Anyway. All right. Well, you know, a lot of artists, they kind of they kind of shoot themselves in the foot, if you will, to uh, in in their career because they don't want to uh, give anything, uh, any responsibility, any part of it to anyone else. In other words, you insist on doing all the singing, uh, you insist on doing all the solos, and, uh, you know, you think, like, the spotlight should be on you. I know, guys, I know, yeah, you, I know you and I would never do that, but this might be for someone else that needs to hear it, okay? <laughs> okay, I'll leave that right there. Yeah, no, honestly, I, I, I've been times I need to hear this as well. Because uh, I'm an indie artist myself, so I know these things, um, I know what I'm talking about. Well, I try to. Uh, so anyway, anyway, a lot of artists insist that they have the spotlight, even though there might be, I know, believe it or not, there might be someone in the band or in the studio or wherever that might be able to do it better than you. Yes, yes, I know. Some of you, it's hard to hear and hard to believe, but it's true. Okay. All right. I'll leave that alone for now. Let's just keep going. <laughs> uh, you know, it's important, guys. It's important to surround yourself with good players and good singers. Now, if you're doing a solo thing, all right, that's that's fine. That's fine. That's my that's not our topic right now. If you're doing it, you know, completely alone, you're using backing tracks, etc., you know, things like that. Okay, but we're talking about, you know, when you're in the studio recording, when you're on up on stage with a band, even if there's just two of you, uh, you know, that, that this is what we're talking about now. So if your singing or playing is at least good enough not to be embarrassing, <laughs> if you will, you know, then it's fine to take your share of what we call the front work, you know, doing the solo, singing the lead, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, guys, be willing to get honest opinion and feedback from, uh, from maybe family, friends, fans, et cetera, et cetera, in relation, especially in relation to the rest of the group or the other artists in the studio working on the recording. You know, you know the old saying is a chain is only as strong as, it, as its weakest link. Okay. All right. So... Uh, if that pride monster is kind of rearing its ugly head, 
All right, be willing to uh, kick him to the curb. All right. So you need to also learn next, you need to learn how to read your audience. And of course, now we're talking about live performance. It's critical for every artist to know how to read your audience. That means knowing what the audience wants and giving them what they want. And this is especially important when uh, your venue has its own, maybe its own patrons or its own, how do I say, class of, uh, of, uh, of audience. Now, for example, okay, uh, the band that I was in, one of the bands I was in, uh, as I said before in a recent podcast, that uh, I was in a band called Sensation uh, back in the 90s, uh, late 80s, early through the 90s. And we did a lot of weddings, a lot of wedding receptions, and we, did, uh, we also did clubs uh, and things. But we didn't want to, we, we, we couldn't play the same music for example, at a wedding reception, at least early on, early in the reception, that we did for a packed club. Okay, we had to cater the music, if you will, <laughs> cater, okay, uh, to, the, to the audience. We had to play softer. We had to play slower songs. We had to play, you know, and we had to play sometimes what the, uh, what the, uh, what the crowd was asking for, what maybe the bride and groom had asked for certain songs. So we played those. Anyway, so every venue will have its own unique characteristics, and you need to remember that. Okay. Um, so every night, for example, the room, the venue, might have its own different dy- have its own uh, dynamic. All right. For example, Saturday night, uh, you know, might be just rocking. Okay, especially uh, later in the evening. Uh, again, we're talking about secular music here, but this applies to uh, Christian music as well. Of course, when we're talking about. Uh, whether what is your crowd more uh, a younger crowd maybe or uh, I shouldn't say younger or older but maybe is is the crowd is the church uh, maybe the venue more geared toward con- toward contemporary Christian music or is it a crowd that uh, really appreciates the traditional hymns okay so pay attention to that study your audience carefully know ahead of time. Especially if it's a church, a morning service, or an evening concert at a church, uh, ask the pastor or whoever uh, you set it up with. What is the what's what kind of church does? Uh, excuse me. What kind of music does this church uh, really uh, appreciate, and uh, more? What are they more used to? Okay. All right. So, so don't don't uh, don't say, well, this is what I'm going to do. I don't care what the audience wants. No, that's not a good attitude. All right, next, let's show appreciation, my friends. Let's show appreciation to the venue, all right, to the people that booked you, to the uh, owner of the club, to the pastor and people of the church. Uh, let's show appreciation to the team members, to your band members, etc., etc. Uh, if I'm leading worship at a church, I try to make sure to compliment and thank the other members of the praise team. Okay. All right. Things like that. This is just plain and simple common courtesy, friends. I know a lot of you are already doing that, um, but we all need to be reminded that it's important. Okay. Just, uh, and uh, if you're doing that, guys, if you're doing that, good job. (laughs) 
See what I did there? Okay. <laughs> and if you don't do it, you may be silently and unknowingly causing maybe a little resentment. Yeah. Saying thank you and showing your appreciation appreciation makes want makes people want to do more for you. It also gives you another uh, touch point, if you will. So thank the venue manager, thank the pastor, and say, hey, I, I would love to come back and do this again sometime. Yeah. Okay. Next, let's talk about giving back or actually not giving back. Now, uh, uh, as a Christian artist or as a secular artist, or maybe you do both, are you willing to play a gig for nothing? I mean, most, especially Christian artists, I think probably are because it's, they're looking at it as a ministry. But even then, maybe some Christian artists are not. You may be saying, you know, I've got expenses. I'm not going to go for less than this amount of money. I want my, at least my expenses covered. Okay, from a business standpoint, that may be very good to do. Okay, but if you have the attitude that you're not going to play anything for free, that might be working against you. Uh this, it, it can really put your band or you as an artist in a bad light. Um, before you have a strong following, you might want to consider, and you probably should consider, what we call paying it forward, where you do something good now, knowing that in the future it's going to come back to you. And I promise you, friend, it will. Some way, somewhere down the road, it's going to come back to, to be a blessing to you. And uh, in secular, excuse me, in Christian music, uh, certainly God wants us to do that. He, uh, when we bless others, we get blessed in return. In return. So once you have a following, then you can use your uh, your following, your fans, uh, to give back to the world by performing for fundraisers and doing uh, free uh, appreciation or charity concerts, things like that. Uh, and that, again, that's going to come back to you in a great way. All right. I like to talk about this one because this, this one kind of, uh, I don't know, this kind of hits home for me, especially when I started writing and recording, uh, my own stuff back in the mid nineties, the, some of this stuff, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. And this one, uh, certainly does hit home for me. And especially this was my attitude back then, producing and or mixing your own music yourself. Producing and mixing your own music yourself. And it may be due to a lack of money, or it may be you've got all kinds of funds and you've got all kinds of gear and you've got all kinds of this and that and the other thing. Uh, so the problem or the issue might be your ego. And many artists, for whatever reason... They insist on producing their own recordings. Now, I want to say right up front, we're not saying that you should not do that. Remember, we're talking about an attitude here more than we are what you actually do. Okay, so let me continue. Uh, you, if, if you're the artist and you're spending so much time... Uh, okay, let me, let me rephrase this. Being the artist and you spending time, all your time, recording songs can really throw your ears off. All right, let me give you an example. When I'm in the studio, and I learned this a long time ago, 
when I'm in the studio and I'm tracking, you know, recording vocals, for example, and I've just spent an hour recording a lead vocal and maybe some background vocals, or I've recorded, I've spent a half an hour working on guitar parts, et cetera, et cetera. The last thing that I should do next is try to mix the recording. Why? Because my ears are tired. Because I've usually been listening to uh, my headphones pretty, pretty, uh, pretty loud, okay? Uh, not trying to damage my hearing or anything, but I'm, try- I'm, I'm hearing things pretty loudly in my headphones, and my ears are tired. So you don't want to try to do a mix right after you've done recording. Okay. So that can really, that's what we mean by throwing your ears off. And what that does, if you do that, it can, it can result in a very underproduced and a lifeless, if you will, recording. Or it might, it might result in one a recording that's over, a mix that's overproduced, uh, just a kind of a mishmash, if you will, of sound. So, at the very least, friends, let your ears rest for a while, a good while, before you go back, go back and mix. So we're talking about, you know, we're talking about studio recordings now. Uh, and, and then you might want to, and this is, a, this is good for me because my partner, Nate Miller, and I uh, will bounce things off each other and uh, listen to the uh, two mixes. Uh, each other, getting back and forth and getting each other's opinion on that. It's also always helps to have an experienced second and even a third set of fresh ears to listen to your mix and help you keep balance. Keep the balance, keep the flow and the energy at proper levels. And if you want to go a step further, or even if you don't want to go a step further, okay, listen up, Uh, it might be good to bring in uh, a separate experienced producer for your song or songs. All right. A, a good producer will bring out the very best in you at times when you didn't even know that there was room for improvement. I know that, that, that that's like fingernails on a blackboard for some of us. I get that. I get that. Been there, done that. And maybe I'm still there. I'll, I'll be honest, okay? Um, but uh, I'll tell you what, working with Nate Miller here in, the, in Notes by Our Music in the studio, uh, I'll tell you what, we, we kind of bounce things off each other and make suggestions when we're doing a mix and things, and it can really be very helpful to have a second opinion. It really can. So... Um, and we have experience here producing our own music, and also we've we've produced music for other artists. And um, yeah, it it can it can really uh, really add a lot. It can bring out the very best in people that uh, that uh, are already doing their best, if you will. But a second opinion, even a third opinion, so uh, can be very helpful. So please, uh, again, if you might be the best, you know, the artist, you you're the best producer. You're the maybe it's the it's that you are the very best producer for your own music. Okay, and we're not saying that you don't. We're not saying don't do that. Okay, just it it's uh, good to be aware of these things, and be aware that when. Uh, 
being your own producer, your own engineer, et cetera, et cetera, might, and I say might, be getting in the way, all right? Might be holding you back. You know, just consider that possibility, all right? Can I leave that right there? All right, one more. Uh, that we, we kind of shoot ourselves in the foot also when we insist on playing all of the instruments, and I have been there too. Okay, many artists try to cut corners by playing all of the instruments on their recordings. And you may be a great guitar player, you may be a great keyboard player, but you're not really that good on the drums. Or you may not play drums at all, so therefore you you rely on, uh, you know, uh, loops or a drum machine, for example. Okay, maybe you don't even put in any other instruments because you don't know how. Okay, that's uh, different things. Okay, I'll tell you what, friends, honestly, very few artists can pull off uh, a great recording, a great mix, and make it sound as good as if you had hired other musicians to play. Well, first of all, nobody plays like you, and you don't play like them. Okay, uh, if the purpose of the recording is for your own satisfaction, just you're just doing it for yourself, your own listening pleasure, then that's great. You know, it's, it's kind of cool. It's like an artist painting a picture and just hanging it on their living room wall. That's awesome. Okay, um, you can do that. But if the purpose is to sell your music and get your music out there and be the very best that it can be, you need to put your best foot forward, which may not be your foot. Okay, <laughs> If there's an instrument, uh, instruments or vocal parts that you are weak at, bring someone else in to work, to maybe record those parts. Don't let pride, friends. I know this is hard to hear again. Don't let pride hold you back from putting out the very best music. Okay. If money is tight, okay, we understand that. Maybe you can barter with someone. Maybe you can play on some of one of their recordings, or uh, you can give them something in return for them coming in and singing or playing on yours. Okay, we uh, here's an example. We've got a uh, we've got a client we're working with now who uh, oh, he he just writes lyrics. He does not write music, so he hires us to record uh, and write write and record his songs put music to them, and he would like to have choir. He'd like to have choir parts, and we've done this uh, on some of his songs. Background background vocalists, male and female. And uh, honestly, uh, <laughs> I, I can sing falsetto, but it's not going to sound like a female part, okay? There's only, the only, uh, if you want a female part, you need a female to sing it, okay? Um, so we have brought in, other vocalists to to sing those parts, and that's it sounds great. Um, we needed a saxophone part on a song one time, and uh, we uh, neither uh, neither Nate or I are very proficient on the saxophone. And keyboard, yeah, well, it sounds okay, but it doesn't sound as good as a real saxophone. So we found a saxophone player. We brought him in, and uh, and did that. So. Please, friends, don't be uh, afraid to try that, and certainly don't be too. Uh, don't let the ego get in the way. 
All right. I know you may be a great musician. You may pay, play all kinds of instruments, and you may do it great, and uh, that's fine, okay? If, if you're really good on a guitar, then it doesn't make sense to bring somebody else to play guitar. Um, but if you don't play another instrument and uh, you need that instrument or someone could play it better than you, um, yeah, don't be afraid to bring those, uh, bring pe- other, other people in. Okay. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's wrap this up with uh, reminding you that Notes by Our Music is here for you. And we, uh, we would love to uh, give you some advice, maybe uh, help you arrange, help you produce. Uh, if you need that, we do that here. So um, if you need a choir, well... Nate or I, we're not gonna we're not gonna sing those uh, female vocals. Okay, we're gonna bring somebody else in. Maybe you've got some people. Maybe you got a song that you want to produce, and you'd like a place to do it, and you'd like to maybe experience bringing in background vocalists and have them sing on your song. Hey, we could do that here. All right, we're in New York, Pennsylvania area. So if you're here or you could get here, we would love to have you come to the studio and, and maybe just sit down and talk about what you've, what you're, uh, what you've got, what, you, what your music is sounding like and what you'd like it to sound like. We'd love to help you with that. Check out our other podcasts. We have the Jess Scott Music Hour, which is a one-hour music show that I produce and host every week. A new one comes out every Friday. It's on your favorite podcast site, just like this one, The Artist Impact is. And then we also have an interview podcast called The Notespire Music Artist Insight. And that is uh, interviews with indie artists that we, uh, where we take a look and uh, a unique insight into the lives and music and the ministry of independent Christian artists. And that's also on your favorite podcast site. Check out our website at notespiremusic.com for things that uh, we can provide you with. We'd love to help you, uh, like I said, with music, but we also do video production. We do uh, social media promotion, things like that. That's something that we all need. And uh, also, so you can follow us on Notes uh, at Notespire Music on Facebook and Instagram. And finally, check out our YouTube channel on YouTube, of course, which is Notespire Music TV. All right. And uh, finally, if you'd like to submit your music for airplay on our radio station, which is WNSMDB, Notespire Radio, you can submit your information, your songs. Maybe you got a question, whatever. Get in touch with us at info at notespiremusic.com. Info at notespiremusic.com. All right. I will see you next time. And until then, please do take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. God bless you. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for the Artist Impact Podcast, a production of Notespire Music, LLC. At Notespire Music, we empower independent Christian musicians to grow their God-given music potential by refining their craft and extending their music ministry reach. Notespire Music, helping you gain confidence, grow your talent, and advance your impact. For more information, visit notespiremusic.com. And join us next time for the Notespire Music Artist Impact.